Blog Talk Radio. Broadcasting from Atlanta, Georgia, this is The Bright Side with Technisha. A daily broadcast on real-life issues that will keep you motivated. And now, here's your host, Technisha. Good afternoon, everyone. I'm your host, Technisha, and welcome to another episode of The Bright Side with Technisha. Today is September the 12th, 2014, and you know we're going to get this thing rolling right now. I'm here with a wonderful guest who has an interesting story. And with all the talk in the in the media with everything that's going on with Ray Rice, it's a terrible, terrible thing that's going on. But, you know, that's their business, and they have to handle that. But I'm here with Miss Deborah Rogers. She is the author of He Did You a Favor. It's a smartest girl's guide to breaking up, waking up, and discovering the gift of the actual discovering the gift of you. So here, Miss Deborah will just be giving you basically it's here to change your life forever. Basically, we're going to be offering you tips on how to heal, the secret to dealing with both old and new relationships, and how to ultimately grow from the breakup and turn negative into a positive by creating a better and more fulfilling life. You know what to do. Call in at 347-426-3751. The chat box will be open up just for you. Deborah, how are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? Good morning. Well, good morning to you and afternoon to everybody else. <laughs> oh, yes, you're in Atlanta. I'm in L.A. <laughs> so, Deborah, where are you right now? I'm in Los Angeles, in sunny Los Angeles, oh. where it hit like 100 degrees yesterday. <laughs> Woo! So we're looking at 90 degrees today for us. Oh, well, there you go. We're in the same boat. <laughs> Not not too bad, so it's it's a great little thing. So, Deborah, before we get talking about your book, how did you come about to start? Well, I guess we could start talking about you a little bit, your background and everything. Sure. Do you want to talk about my background or my story or both? <laughs> well, we could talk about both and what led you up to actually write the book, He Did You a Favor. Um, it was 3 o'clock in the morning, and I found out my husband was having an affair. And I was eight months pregnant. At that time, I had no job. I had no friends. I had no life of my own. I was a complete mess. My emotions were a twisted mess. I had no idea what to do with my life. I couldn't stop shaking. I couldn't stop crying. And at that moment, I had two choices. I could stay on the kitchen floor and give up or I could get up and take charge of my life. And after my daughter was born, it changed the way I saw myself, the way I saw my life, and how I was going to live it from here on. I had to survive. I had to get better. I had to do it for my daughter. And so I began a five-year journey of healing and self-discovery. And months later, I was talking to someone, and I said, you know, I think one day, I think I'm going to wake up and say he did me a favor. And she looked at me, she's like, that's a book title. I'm like, oh, my God, that is a book title. And what I discovered was that every situation is a favor if you choose to see it that way. One is empowering and the other is disempowering. But if you choose that self-empowerment, 
your life will absolutely change for the better. And, you know, as I was explaining earlier before bringing you on, Deborah, with the situation going on with Ray Rice, that book would be really good for Janae because after he would have slapped me in that elevator and drugged me out of there, he did, he did her a favor then by doing that because he showed his true colors. But where she messed up at is when she married him, and that's the point I cannot really feel sorry for. That's why I did kind of find it unfair that, you actually suspended this man indefinitely when this woman didn't, she didn't call no police. She didn't want backup. She still married him. So maybe we went a little too extreme to really get to do this to him. I think both of them should have been arrested. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, the interesting so, thing the interesting thing about abuse and there are different types of abuse. I mean, there it goes from and I talk about this in my book as well. Goes from the mild to the monster abuser. And yeah. my situation was more of the mild. You know, um when I got divorced, all my friends and family said, "Oh my gosh, you know, we were at dinner one night and he was belittling you like crazy." And I was like, really? I didn't even notice that. And there's something, when you get involved in a certain situation, you're at a certain place in your life, wherever you are, you know, maybe your self-esteem is in the toilet or, you know, you're not thinking highly of yourself. You are attracting these types of relationships into your life. And you are also not seeing the forest for the trees. Because you're so in it, you can't process it. You can't, it's not, it's only until you get out of it that you can finally look at it and make that choice, do I want to attract this type of person into my life again? And we've seen it, we've seen it with celebrities, these women who keep attracting the wrong type of guys. And you have to start making a choice, and the choice starts with you. Exactly, and... I probably could probably understand a little bit of the situation. I think it just comes from sometimes we, most women, they don't know what it's like to actually, what they do, some of them do know what it's like to actually go without money. And that's probably the situation for her. I don't want to be broke, but you know what, Deborah, give me a broke man and let me keep my eye. Besides being rich and that you hear me. Hallelujah. Absolutely. I would be too afraid that he's going to have a relapse and do that again. That's the thing. I don't don't know if he learned his lesson. For the media, he's talking that smooth talk. But for us, behind, for women who actually know, I've never been in a abusive relationship, so I don't know what it's actually like. But being around other women who have, it really doesn't change like that overnight. He's doing it because I think... Yeah, I'm in the spotlight. I got to put on this performance, but we don't know. So, Janae, I just hope good luck to her and her situation. More power to you, but I I think you need to get out before it's too actually too late because you cannot spend money. You can't spend money if you're dead. Absolutely. And, you know, in a lot of these relationships, it's very hard to get out of them. Um, you know, Rihanna is another one, Rihanna and Chris Brown. I mean, she went back numerous times. And, you know, again, it's, it's where you are in your life and yourself, and it always has to go back to self. And you have to understand that you are in a specific place 
that you are constantly bringing this person back into your life, and you have to make that break. And if you don't, and he does it, he did you a favor. Because, you know, my situation, I never would have gotten out of it if he didn't do the dirty work, (laughs) you know? Right. Um, And now I'm so grateful because my life has completely transformed. But I needed him to step up and make the break. I know that's right, and I'm glad that you are out of that because, like you said, a lot of women don't know how to get out. They think the abuse are going to change, and and they don't. They just keep on doing it. So, Deborah, what's your advice to using actually like a breakup as a catalyst to having the life you deserve? Well, the first thing is to see it as a favor. Um, I mean, the truth is the relationship wasn't working. If it was, you'd still be together. And isn't it better to look for a better relationship? Um, I mean, this breakup is allowing you to focus on yourself, to get back to who you are, decide what you really want in life and in a relationship. The second thing is do what makes you happy. This is the quickest path to healing and getting back to who you are and what makes you tick. Too often we become obsessed with the other person, but that keeps us stuck in emotional quicksand and we are unable to move on. So focus on, and if you, in your relationship, maybe you gave up something. For me, I gave up writing. And the first thing I did was I started writing again. I started focusing on what made me happy. And the third thing is set goals for yourself. Think about what do you want to accomplish in your life? What do you really want in a guy? I mean, this is, a breakup is a perfect opportunity to completely turn the focus back on to you and really get clear on who you are and what you want. And that's amazing. That's an amazing time if you choose to see it that way. I totally agree, Deborah, because usually sometimes you get in these relationships, you lose total focus on what you really was trying to accomplish, and it happens. You give Absolutely. up what you do. I hear it all the time when I'm looking at television with these women in relationships. I gave up this for you. I gave up my school. I did this, da-da-da-da. And it's like, really? You gave up all that for a man? Wow, I don't talk to my family. It's like, whoa, whoa, hold up now. (laughs) You're not keeping me away from my family. I might gave up this, but hold on. I don't want to get in that point where I'm isolated. So, yes, if you got to break up to get back to yourself, then go ahead. But like you said, Deborah, you have to actually overcome that. Some of the women, they're just so blinded, and they don't know what they're in. They think that it's okay because the words that he may have spoken to you sound real good. So you don't see nothing else. You're blindfolded. So it takes a lot, and that's why I say you're you're a courageous woman who actually was able to step away from that. So kudos to you for doing that because it takes a lot. That's that's takes strong determination to get out of those type of relationships. Absolutely. And the other thing is get help. You know, lean on your friends. Lean on your family. If you don't have someone you feel comfortable talking to, go to a counselor, go to a therapist. Um, I got a life coach, and she was incredible. Um, But the other Mm -hmm. thing I wanted to say about that as well is, for me, I'm a people pleaser. That is my big thing. I'm here to please other people. And it got out of control with my ex-husband because I put his needs ahead of my own. I felt being a good wife, that was what I needed to do. 
And now I realize that I have to take care of myself first. Self-care, where we go last, where we should go first. Um, So important. So, yeah, that was a big lesson for me to learn. Relationships are here for us to learn and grow. That is the sole purpose for relationships. So why don't you use your breakup to learn and grow as well? Those are your, you know, pain is your biggest learning curve um, if you choose to, to learn from it. Why right. it is. It's a learn it is. It's a learning experience. Now, what would you say is the best way to conquer your fear and maybe start dating again? Because you all broke up with this person and mm, don't know if you want to take another chance to step out again. Oh, that's a great question. Um well the first thing is you're not gonna start dating the moment you break up. That's called rebound relationship. We don't wanna do that. Um, so go through the steps that you need to do. Have your pity party, you know, throw a girl's slumber party where you all sit around and get your support that you need. Go through the steps that you need to go through to move through your breakup. Once you get to that point, the first thing is, one of my favorite phrases is, <clears throat> feel the fear and do it anyway. I am such a big advocate for getting out of your own way when it comes to doing something that seems scary and just mm-hmm. go for it. The second thing is build self-confidence. I give some great tips in the book about this, um, such yeah. as acknowledging where you're great, not comparing yourself to others. And it sounds so silly, but even looking in the mirror every morning and saying, hi, gorgeous, and mean it. it <laughs> do it for 30 days. It so works. It's ridiculously uncomfortable at first, but if you keep doing it, you will start to reconnect with what is fabulous about you. And the third thing is know that someone else is out there for you. You deserve to love and be loved. That's your birthright. Don't ever, ever forget that. There is someone else out there. So get out there and do it. <laughs> get off the Right. And piggybacking off what you said, that you're a strong believer there is somebody who loves you, and you have to be a believer of that. If And you have to do self-love. you got to love yourself first. That's the first thing. Because going out to look for it will not work. It's just going to go and backfire. So, ladies, I'm here to tell you, love yourself first. Do not expect someone else to give it to you. You start first. Get into that Bible. Start reading it. And become one with the God, because that's a lot of time we lose. We we do. We go left field most of the time, and we start losing that sight. So you got to come back. Let's all come back and straight back, because that's what God wants to do anyway. He wants you to come back. He knows you'd be lost out there. He probably sent his to that poor child. I'm just I'm just waiting on you. He already has the door open. He's just waiting on you to come on through. So today I'm here to tell you, endeavor here to say, just go on through it. Just make that first step through that. Make the first step through that door today. And that that will that will definitely set you straight. And you got a lot of work to do, but hey, that's the first step. Now, ooh, Deborah, I want, also want to say you oh, made an excellent point that so many times we fall into what I call is the Cinderella syndrome, where ooh, yes. we are we are where our expectations are that we are going to find the man of our dreams and that he's going to take care of us and make us happy, and then everything will be happily ever after and if you don't love yourself first and put your needs first 
you may, there is a possibility that you could fall into that Cinderella trap, and that's what happened to me. Because once I got married, I thought, my happily ever is done. I'm, you know, I could just go live the happy life, and everything's going to be great. And that's not what happened. My whole world came crashing down. But I do have to say, when I developed self-love and self-confidence, I attracted a man into my life, which I just got engaged in December, to the most amazing, incredible man. And the first thing that attracted him to me, I mean, attracted me to him, was my confidence and creativity. Those were two things that I had abandoned in my previous relationship. Right. Self-love is so important and not expecting another man to make you happy. You have to find that happiness within first. Right. Right, exactly. And um, unfortunately, unlike the movie Living the Cinderella Syndrome, you're definitely not going to get a prince who's going to come and just carry you off to that castle in the clouds. That's that's so impossible. That's why sometimes I don't like watching certain love movies. They make it look like it's just, oh, you're going to do this, you're going to get married. Oh, boo. <laughs> it's, it's, not, it's not that simple. Even when you see people, when they talk about love stories on the news, I'm like, okay, yeah, it looks sweet. Yeah, he proposed it to her. Okay, right, that's the good side of it now. We don't know what else is going to happen. We're getting, we getting the good side because they're on the news, and that's about it. Now the, the camera's also, now the true side going to come out. So, no. So you just, people, they got to abandon that syndrome, though, Deborah. And instead, you've got to create a better life for yourself with more, like you said, peace, joy, and happiness. It's got to start with you. Absolutely. Absolutely. We need to rewrite the romantic comedy here. <laughs> we do. We do. Well, I think <laughs> you and me. Right. We, we, do. we might need to get together and do that, Deborah. I think what <laughs> most of the time they forget, love is supposed to be unconditional, though. Therefore, it's not supposed to be dependent on what you do. And doing more would just not make others love you more. And that's why, as adults, we, we need to realize that our love and valuation of ourselves has to come from deep within, see, and not Absolutely. just from others. And that's where we make that mistake at. Oh, I do more. You going to love me more? No, no, mm-mm. I'm no, it's still actually not. the opposite. Um, right. When we love more and give, 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 give more of ourselves, which is what I did, right. you become depleted. And right. it's, yeah, it's not good. Right. Right. And, it, and it, then it, it just comes from as a child. If you didn't receive that approval as a child, then sometimes it takes a while just to figure out this whole situation. So, you know, it's, it's, it's a dysfunctional little thing going on, but I think as being a mom, we can understand this. And then as you get older, it just, it all, it all changes. Like you said, um, but advice, please, Deborah. How can you remain friends with an ex that actually betrayed and cheated on you? That seems so hard. Look like you just want to take a pot of grits and just pour it on him instead. <laughs> yeah, sometimes you do actually. Well, the first thing is not no situation is the same. Every situation is different. I, believe it or not, am best friends with my ex. He is a great father to my daughter and a great friend to me. And for me, 
I was friends with him before this whole thing happened. So after I went through my healing and everything, and I wanted to do it. I wanted to do it for my daughter. I wanted to at least try to see if that was possible because it's a better harmonious, obviously, relationship that we have, and we have an incredibly amazing co-parenting relationship with my daughter. So we were able to do it. Um, But for other people, the first thing I would say is give it time. I mean, another cliche line, but so works, time heals all wounds. You have to heal those wounds before you move forward. The second thing is the most difficult subject on the planet that people talk about is forgiveness. You have to practice forgiveness. And what I, this is how I talk about forgiveness. I don't say forgive. I say practice because it is a process. It may take you a month. It may take you a year. It may take you six years. And you never know what that tipping point could be. It could be you meet somebody else and you realize he did you a favor. It could be that um, something else happens that that breaks you out of that that anger and that bitterness that you're able to open yourself up. Um, But here's the thing about forgiveness. By not forgiving, you are prolonging the pain. I always say that holding on to rage and resentment is like having him live rent-free in your head. He's like monopolizing the bathroom and cluttering up the bedroom. Forgiveness allows you to clear the space in your head and gives you room to lead a happier life. This is all about letting go. You are not going to call him up and say, I forgive you. This is doing it for yourself. So whenever you think about forgiveness, think about doing it for you because this is allowing you to be set free. And right. the, third, the, right the other Devil. thing is you have to be willing to try. You have well, to see mm-hmm. this new relationship as a different relationship. The old relationship is gone, and you are starting over with a new one. And I would definitely be careful about really just diving into another relationship after just dealing with my ex. So be careful about that, too. Because That's called rebound. still not healed. Yeah, it's still not healed up, and you might have a relapse. Oh, he's going to probably do the same thing to me, and he's going to be looking at you like, <laughs> what did I do? Now she's looking at me crazy. It looks like she's about to light me up. So, right, make sure that you healed all the way through. But you took the words I was saying, Deborah. you took the words right off the top of my head, what I was thinking. It's, it's hard to forgive, but at the same time, you're doing it to move past all that. It's not just about forgiving that person but also forgiving things inside of yourself. you got to heal, too. So, right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And just Forgive because, for just a better a, you. Right. And, look, just because you forgave them, that don't mean that you need to still be with that person. So move on. I forgive you. Now we're going to move on. Let bygones be bygones. You go your way. I go my way. If we have children, we're going to be responsible adults and know how to co-parent. But other than that, The line has been cut off. Absolutely. And, you know, I see so many divorced parents. Um, I have a couple right now that I'm dealing, you know, talking to that um, are holding on to such rage and bitterness that they're allowing that to come into the co-parenting existence. And 
you you can't do that because again you're you're not only prolonging the pain for yourself you're prolonging the pain for your children and your situation you have to let go of that whether you're going to be friends with them or not that's your choice but you can't keep attacking and living in this bitterness because it's right. it's really toxic i mean then you got to look at it the person i mean some things can be fixed or prepared to be fixed but Absolutely. Like Deborah said, forgive them because communication is the key to some situations, but you also got to recognize if that relationship needs to end, it needs to end. Absolutely. The thing I talk about is um, loving detachment, which I love, (laughs) which is detaching yourself from those emotions and having that kind of loving detachment where you can connect with someone, but you don't have to be involved. You don't have to get in the with them anymore. You can you can do it from a, a good centered detached place. And that's so right. important. Well uh, listeners out there, we're gonna take a short commercial break and we're gonna be right back with Deborah Rogers talking more about her book, how to clean out your closet and just get it out your head. So don't touch that dial. We'll be right back after this. There's only one station that will keep you happy. Blog Talk Radio. We're taking more of your calls at 347-426-3751. Stay tuned. We'll be back after this commercial break. Wildfires burn millions of acres across the country each year. And each year, wildland firefighters battle to contain them. But they can't do it alone. For some communities, it's not a question of if wildfires strike, but when. And a single ember can travel more than one mile. As it twists and turns and floats through the air, that single ember can find its way to where you live and can ignite and destroy your home or your community. That single ember can be just as dangerous as the wildfire itself. You can't control where the ember will land, but you can control what happens when it does. You can take action now to prepare your home and your community for wildfire. Get fire adapted. Learn what you can do now to reduce wildfire damage later at fireadapted.org. Prepare, protect, prevail. A public service message brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. Learn more at fireadapted.org. Thanks for asking, but I'd rather not send you nude pictures. I'm camera shy. I already said no. It's against my religion. I'm giving my dog a bath. You can have pictures of that. Pressure gives me hives. Under my clothes, I'm a robot. Hold on. Let me ask my mom. Sorry, my webcam is broken. I'm worried they'll get passed around school. Unfortunately, I just had my clothes surgically attached to my body. If they got out, I might never be president. I'm already naked, under my clothes. Not even if you were all three Jonas Brothers. I have a rash. I have nudophobia. I have lizard skin. The more you ask, the less I want to. You're not the boss of me. Nudity makes me vomit. I'm a vampire, so I don't show up in pictures anyways. Your badgering has really killed the mood. When someone is pressuring you to do something you don't want to, how many ways can you say no before they get the message? Let us know at that'snotcool.com. Brought to you by the Ad Council. All right. 
We're back with our girl, Deborah Rogers, who is the author of He Did You a Favor, and we've been talking about ways to just break up, let it go, and we even got to the point where we talk about forgiveness. The F word we actually run from sometimes, but you can actually do it. Now, before we get more into detail, what's, Deborah, what's the best way to just get out of your head and clean out the junk that's clouding your thoughts? One of the best ways that I learned was to journal, journal it out. Um, That was the thing that I did when my breakup first happened, and it allows you to get all the thoughts that are cluttering your head out of your head and onto the paper without any judgment, without any criticism. It's so important when you are in this, because, you know, we have that anger, that bitter, that resentment that that we're holding on to. And anything that you can do, journal it out, go for a walk. Um, If you're into meditation, do meditation. Things like this will help take these, these thoughts and let them move through you. And then fill it with something good. Remind mm-hmm. yourself what's great about you. What, what Are you creative? Are you funny? Are you thoughtful? Are you giving? You know, what, is, what are the qualities about you that you love about yourself? And replace oh, those yeah. bad thoughts with the good thoughts. And keep reminding okay. yourself every day. There's another thing you can do, which is called a gratitude journal, which is every morning when you wake up, write down five things you're grateful for. And it starts your day off in a way of gratitude, of being thankful for who you are and where you are in your life right now and for for focusing on what is good in your life and how can you build on that as opposed to focusing on what's bad. Right. I had another young lady on my show was talking about that and how the book pertains just to gratitude because we forget to do that. That's, That's one step that we don't think about. And I t- absolutely agree all the way on that. It, it sucks being cheated on, but just blowing up on that person, walking off, thinking that you're over it, that's not the best way. I do agree with Deborah's steps to taking a more positive approach to it. Yeah, and that will get you better results. May not may not come to you overnight, but it would definitely, as we said, everything is a start. It's baby steps. You got to crawl before you walk. So even if they aren't what you had once hoped for them to be, this is the way to go about it. Because just getting ignorant, acting foolish, we know we could do that. We could argue all day. You cheat on me, I'm done with you. Yeah. But now you are, now your judgment has, just as we said, been clouded up. And exactly. We don't want any, any energy and focus that you put on your ex is focus that's taken away from you. It's right. just, you know, wasted energy. <laughs> and so, yeah, these things like journaling and gratitude journals and all these things, these are tools. They're practices. And they are things that just allow you to remember because, you know, once our day gets going and things start happening, a lot of times we'll forget. We'll forget what we're grateful for. We'll forget, you know, these tools or these steps that we need to remember. And, you know, it's a great thing about journals. It's a great thing about books. You know, I always say, I say at the end of my book, you know, hang on to this book. And whenever you need a reminder about certain things, just pick it up, open a page, and and you get those little reminders that kind of give you that boost for the day. Right, your backup book. This is a great backup book. It is. 
uh, how can a mistake really turn into an empowering self-revelation? Well, the first thing is um, mistakes. Mistakes are such a great topic because it is one of the things we always beat ourselves up for, whether it's a little minor mistake that we made or a big one. The first thing we did go to is beating ourselves up for something we think we did terribly wrong. So I call mistakes opportunity mistakes because they, they allow you the greatest opportunity to learn and grow. Um, you know, sometimes we get caught up in that laundry list of shoulda, woulda, couldas that keep our heads spinning and prevent us from moving forward. So right. don't beat yourself up. Don't focus on the mistake. Focus on the lesson you got out of it. Say good to know and move on. That's it. You made a mistake. No big deal. So just remember, don't be critical of yourself. You've got to, but it's great to recognize the mistake, whatever it is, and then say, okay, that was good to know. I'm not going to do that again. (laughs) So identify what you're doing. You know, recognize why you're doing it. Let go of any judgment or criticism so important. Make a positive change. And then, you know, if it's a huge mistake or something that you're really spinning about, ask for help. Talk about it with somebody else. Just say, oh, I made this mistake today, and I'm really kind of spinning about it. Can I talk about it for a second? Um, And that just helps just getting it out. And the other person's going to probably tell you, oh, that wasn't such a big deal. I did this, you know. So just it's so important. Think of a mistake as an opportunity. It's an opportunity to learn learn something from it, and move on. Right. And that's why we have so many, some people are very successful because they know the mistakes you have to make in order to keep climbing. If you never made mistakes, then how will you ever learn? And these are great tips. If you're a parent, you could tell, pass that on to your child because, you know, they get frustrated a lot of times, so it's good to give them these types of tips to let them know, hey, you made a mistake, baby. Nobody's perfect. But we're going to correct it, and we're going to move on. I have someone that's such an excellent, excellent point. I have a uh, friend of mine who told me this dad takes his kids on mistake days where all they do all day long is do mistakes to Hmm. allow them to not get caught up in that perfectionism that we so get caught up in and our children get caught up in so much now with the schools and the tests and everything. Mistakes are so important. You have to be able to. My daughter's the same way. She's such a perfectionist and wants to do it absolutely perfect the first time. We all go through that. But Mm -hmm. get out there, make mistakes like crazy. You know, just make them and just go, okay, well, that was another mistake. How many mistakes can I make today? You know? Right. And just get rid of that, that thing that we hold on to, that we have to be perfect. Exactly. That's a good that's a good idea. Mistake that I like that. I might need to incorporate that. But I thank you for that one, Deborah. Now Yeah, it's great. Now, of course, we all have our friends and we love our friends with the money. So what's your opinion of a friends with benefits scenario? <laughs> friends with benefits is uh yeah, that's a good one. Um my take on that is friends with benefits never works. I've had many, many, many situations like that where I've had a friend with a benefit, but the truth is 
that they are just asking for a casual hookup. They're not asking for a meaningful relationship. Um, mm-hmm. I always say that friends like with benefits is like going on a shopping spree and buying 10 pairs of shoes but feeling horrible when you get the bill later. I mean, although it may feel great in the moment, it is not going to last. Right. And a guy friend of mine actually once said, he said, men will always take friends with benefits because it's like winning the lottery. So in my experience, hey, I've had some fun friends with benefits. You know, I've had some really great guys. But the truth is, I always got hurt in the end. It never turns into a lasting, meaningful relationship. So if you enter into a relationship like that, you have to know that. And are you prepared for that? Right. And don't you normally feel like, I don't know if most women ever been in that situation, but I have heard women say that jealousy just is the main factor that will come up, whether it be your friend not paying enough attention to you or you feeling obsolete compared to others. You're going to feel some sort of way when you're just talking about friends with benefits. Absolutely. It's as much as you fool yourself into thinking, and this is me, I'm talking from experience here because I've had several of these, you fool yourself into thinking either you can change them or you're okay with it. But the truth is you're absolutely right. The very first thing that will end up creeping in is jealousy because mm-hmm. I ended up falling for every single one of my friends with benefits and they stayed friends with benefits and dated other women down the road and... Absolutely. Jealousy will right. you. I wouldn't want, I agree with you too on that. I wouldn't want a friend with benefits because then after a while, you're going to see everybody else with somebody. And they, I mean, you feel like you got used. I'm getting played. Yeah. And, yet, and they might have money, but at the same time, I'm not with you all the way. This is just, I call you maybe at 3 o'clock in the morning and have sex with you, and that's it. That's, that's done. I, we don't have no ties, so that's kind of lonely. That is, that's Absolutely. a little too long. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those midnight booty calls or those 11 p.m. texts where you get you get that text saying, hey, what are you doing? Want to come over? That's not right. a relationship. No, that's not. I, and then you, some emotions, like I said, it goes back to the emotions. I'm jealous. I see you with this woman. Oh, no, I I can't take it. Because I have been, I think I have been in a situation like that, and it gets, it gets really bothersome, like, oh, okay, that's it. I can't take it anymore. Like, oh, either I'm going to be with you or we just don't be friends at all. And usually it don't really work out being friends with the guy uh, and vice versa. Unless unless probably if they're gay, that will work better. But other than that, if they're a straight man or she's a straight woman, it's, it's just not going to work. I don't know if it works for most women out here. I'm not sure. I haven't asked everybody. But mo- nine times out of ten, it doesn't. Yeah, it's a tough one. And again, you you know, the most important thing is to be honest with yourself, to listen to your instincts and be completely honest with yourself. Um, if you do choose to be friends with them down the road, you have to be honest that it that you're not secretly thinking, oh, well, maybe we'll get back together, or, you know, you, the chemistry between the two of you is just like through the roof. So, yeah, right. we'll be friends. And then, you know, I had that happen too. I I was like, okay, no friends with benefits, and I could just be friends with him. And then, of course, like a month later, we end up, you know, sleeping together again. And it was, I had to completely cut it off and say, no, this is not going to work for me. Right, because I, I was thinking too, Deborah, if 
I'm get, what what if I maybe found the one man that really rocks my world? I fell in love with him. I'm willing to change my last name. So now, what do I do with you on the side? Do I just go and just cut it off? Okay, we're done. Because we never really had ties together. So that's it. Uh, oh, honey, that's a sticky. It is a sticky situation because now you got to cut off with, I guess, your booty call partner. <laughs> so now yeah, you got to put them on. Call partner. Yeah. You want you want the guy who loves all of you, right. who's there for you, who supports you, who, yeah. I mean, I'm in the most loving, supportive, amazing, healthy relationship that I've ever been in my entire life. This man is a rock star. He's unbelievable. So. so that's what oh. you aspire to, to find a man who really understands right. you, supports you at your best and your worst. You know, friends with benefits just just support you at your best. <laughs> exactly. You know, they don't want that's to see it. you at your worst. That's it. There, it's a hit and quit it situation. So that's how you have to think of it when you talk about friends with benefits. Now, Deborah, I know you mentioned earlier about your ex-husband. He did you a favor, and we got into the good things. But why... Why do you really think your ex-husband did you a favor? I love myself more than I've ever loved myself in my life. I have more self-confidence than I ever have. I started writing again and wrote a book, which I never would have done. I met and am now engaged to the most amazing man I've ever met in my life. And I have an incredible, beautiful daughter who inspires me every day. My life completely changed because I recognized he did me a favor and I was able to move forward in a more powerful way into the greater life I was meant to live. And it would not have happened. As I said before, I would not have cut the cord. I would have stayed in that relationship being the dutiful wife and mother and catering to my husband's needs and abandoning my own if he didn't actually do the breakup. Right. It was a, it's a life lesson to learn, but you did learn it. And as like I said, I'm glad that you're, I'm glad you're out that situation. You have a beautiful young lady to set examples for and, and keep her from all the harmful predators and creatures out here that it is. It's so hard for us to do that as parents, and that's the hardest job we want. We try our best to protect our little ones, and it sometimes feel like it's still not enough. But whatever little bit you can do, do it. Now. When it came to writing, what more did you learn from writing this book? I interviewed a whole bunch of women. Well, first of all, when I I always knew I wanted to write this book, but it took me six years after the after the breakup to actually physically write it. And the reason why I finally sat down was I, women started hearing my story, and I would have women call me up and say, can you call my sister? Can you call my friend who's going through a bad breakup? Can you talk them through it and help them so that they can do what you did? So I knew wow. that I needed to write a book. I needed to teach others what I knew. And so through the process of writing the book, I also interviewed hundreds of women, And a lot of the women's stories are in the book. Some of them are hilarious, and some of them are absolutely heartbreaking. And they inspired me so much 
in this whole process of writing and discovering and teaching, it was just such an incredible, incredible, loving, supportive learning experience. I, I'm, I'm just madly in love with every single woman I, inter- I interviewed and, and I'm so grateful that they had the courage to step forward and tell their story because it's really hard. It's very difficult to talk about. There's a lot of shame, especially with divorce, a lot of shame in that. that it's mm-hmm. really hard to talk about it. And so, um, yeah, so part of my journey was my own and part of my journey was listening to these other women and counseling these other women on um, getting through their breakup. Right. Oh, well, that's good because that's a hard road to overcome. I've never been there, but when I do get to that role, I want to make sure I'm prepared. So what was the thought process behind the cover of the book? Because it's a people, if you haven't seen it, you got to go online. It's really cute. I love it. It's a box with a bow. I felt like it was saying, okay, I'm wrapping up, and this is my present. I'm, I'm at, I feel like I'm giving you this present back to you. I don't have to be bothered with you anymore, so I don't know if that was that whole concept or not. Oh, that's such a great question. Nobody's been asking me that question lately. Um, Yeah, the book cover went through so many different drafts. We tried so many different things. And finally, I I was just getting so frustrated. We just couldn't nail it. And I just sat there, I sat very quiet, and I said, what is the essence of this book? What is the core meaning of this book? And I thought, it's your breakup is a gift. He gave you a gift, the gift of you. And the moment I thought that, I went, oh, that's it. It's a gift. Your breakup is a gift to you. It's a present to you. And um, and this is actually the first of a series of six Did You a Favor books. I'm actually working on the second one, which is the guy's book. So this this whole concept of the gift is so exciting for me. Because the gift for the women is different than the gift for the men. You know, men are from Mars, women are from Venus. Men's brains are wired completely differently. And it's been incredibly fascinating now to start interviewing men about breakups and getting (laughs) that other side of the perspective. It's really, really enlightening. It's It's got to be. I can't wait for that to actually come out so we can have you back on to actually discuss this. But before we leave, Deborah. What advice do you want to leave with the readers or listeners just about your book on life, love, and forgiveness? I would think the first thing is, in any situation, however powerless you feel, you have a choice. You can choose to be the victim and curl up under a blanket with a, with a tub of haagen or you can choose to stand up and be powerful and move forward and learn and grow from your experience. Right. And know that your life will be better for it. My life was better for it. And, again, in love, you deserve to love and be loved. Remember that. Always remember that. And then with forgiveness, again, forgiveness is not for him. It is for you. Because by forgiving, you fully let go and set yourself free. So true. And Deborah, where can we all find you at on social media? 
You can find me at um, on Facebook, He Did You a Favor, and Twitter, He Did You a Favor. Um, if you want to read a little bit more about um, breakups and relationships, you can find me on the Huffington Post at Deborah Rogers. You can also go to www.hedidyouafavor.com, and there is an emergency breakup kit there that you can download to get some free advice. And the book is also available on Amazon and Barnes & Noble. Okay. Well, Deborah, I thank you for opening up to us, sharing this great book. Can't wait for 2015 to get here so we can get her back on and talk about she did you a favor. But before we go, everyone, the truth of the day is for my friend Mary Ellen is, as you consider your future, see the abundance of possibilities that are right in front of you. Examine your hopes and dreams, realizing the possibilities that are available to you. Appreciate the scope of possibilities your future may hold. Look at your current life from a different perspective, seeing all the good that exists in your present circumstances. See your future unfolding from this foundation of goodness. Allow your blessings to overflow with hope and gratitude so you can continue to give your visions life. Today, think about where you are now in relation to where you were in the past, seeing how far you have come as a person. Enjoy the day and have lots of fun this weekend exploring new possibilities for your future, everyone. God bless all of you. And, Deborah, thank you again, and you have a blessed one, too. Thank you so much for having me. You are so welcome. Thank you for tuning in to The Bright Side with Tanisha. Come back daily from 12 p.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern. God bless.